Hi, I'm Maitland Brown, and you're listening to How's That Cricket Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of How's That the Cricket Podcast with myself, Ollie. And me, Lily. So we have got another episode on the way. We've got 100 Talk, and we've got another very, very special guest, a brilliant guest that we had um, on the way. Sixers star Maitland Brown is our interviewee for the week and we've just come off the back of that now as we're recording this in Lily how good was it it was wonderful wasn't it it was so much fun to talk to Maitland she's so funny so brilliant um so yeah so much fun probably one of the most fun interviews I've ever done yeah I think I would tend to agree with that to be honest um not to discredit any of the other interviewees that we've done but like that one was just like it's one of those just ones where you just go, wow, we've just had the chance to talk to someone like like Maitland Brown. It, it was it was pinch yourself kind of thing. But before that, as always, you've got to listen to us natter about a bit of cricket. Um, and I guess we've got to start with 100. Yeah, there's not been much else aside from the 100 really has there. So the men's tournament obviously kicked off quite a bit before the women's this time round because the women did have the Commonwealth Games. So as that ended, the men's had already started and then the women have just joined up now so I've just had six matches have gone as we're speaking now um but it's been pretty pretty good so far like I've been watching obviously on on the tv from home and crowds have been pretty crazy especially for the women's games it's been really amazing to see hasn't it yeah it has there's been a lot of good moments in there as well obviously we um we started um like a week ago now just over a week ago um, and there's been some really good games. I actually watched a bit of uh, the women's game the other day with the originals and watching that was pretty good, like celebrating every originals wicket. I wasn't really too much involved with 100 now. I, like, I really feel like I've got a connection with the team, which is nice. Seeing Old Trafford in all its glory, hosting a 100, uh, 100 game was was wonderful. Um, and I think, you know, it's going to be good for the rest of the summer, I'd hope. Obviously, you'll be going to games. You'll be going to Old Trafford even to watch, watch the 100, as we've mentioned a number of times. So, uh, you know, to have that first-hand experience for me, or second-hand for me, but first-hand for you, will um, will be awesome. But um, there's been some good cricket played as well, which is good to see. Yeah, there has. Um, like I said, very excited to to go over and watch some games myself. But like you mentioned, Manchester Originals, so disappointing. Just so disappointing. Um, got absolutely demolished by Trent Rockets, but... That was game three. That wasn't even game one. So game one, obviously, being between the Northern Superchargers and Oval Invincibles to kick it all off was uh, was pretty amazing at the at the Kia Oval. But Alyssa Healy has gone over this tournament. She's obviously a lot of the Australians didn't get to make it over last time. So all the big Australian headline names are over there now. But Alyssa Healy hit a couple of boundaries right off the start, but only scored 15, um, was dismissed by Sophia Smale, who is 17-year-old, just been called up to Oval Invincibles um, from the Western Storm. So really good to see her get her first wicket and it being Healy as well was very exciting. Jamima Rodriguez, 51. Bess Heath, 6. Ollie Armitage, 1. Laura Wolfart, 49. From the Northern Superchargers with Alice Davis and Richards on 12 not out. Uh, unfortunately did not win against the Oval Invincibles who were just too good on the day with Lauren Winfield Hill 74 not out and Alice Capsi 25 not out after taking an awful looking fall earlier on in the inning she fell and landed awkwardly on her ankle which didn't look too great but to see her go out there and still bat was was really courageous of her I think um showed a lot of character for Alice Capsi so that was brilliant but yeah Oval Invincibles win there 
so next up was the second game and it was London Spirit versus Southern Brave. My Southern Brave were just too good for Spirit on the day, winning by six wickets with six balls remaining. But Beth Mooney definitely put up a fight of 97 not out of 55 balls. Just incredible to see her go out there and do so well for the Spirit. Grace Scrivens unfortunately only scored one. Amelia Kerr, 37. Daniel Gibson, none. Naomi Datani, three. And Sophie Luff, five not out. Like I said, Beth Mooney's knock of 97 still couldn't get them over the line with Smriti Mandana, 19. Danny Wyatt, 65. Sophia Dunkley, 34, not out. Uh, Maya Boucher, zero. And Georgia Adams, 18. But Freya Kemp, also 14, not out. Just coming off, obviously, a very good um, Commonwealth Games series. But Australia, Amanda Jade Wellington taking three wickets for the Brave was also pretty pretty amazing to see. It's, it's good to see the Aussies doing well, obviously. So... Yeah, that was the the spirit and brave with Danny Wyatt making a player of the match with sixty five of thirty four. Yeah, it's unlucky when you make when you make ninety seven and don't even get player of the match. Yeah, I know. Harsh, <laughs> very harsh. Um, but yeah, then moving on to unfortunately Trent Rockets and Manchester Originals. It was it was looking good. They only had to chase down one hundred and twenty to win, and they still they well they really couldn't manage to do it. Um, Top score was Abby Freeborn with 45 not out, but she even came down lower in the order, so she didn't even have that many balls to face, but still managed to score 45. Um, wickets from Deandra Dotton, who got two, Kate Cross one, Hannah Jones one, and Sophia Eccleston one as well. And I loved her little Macarena that she did when she got that wicket. I don't know if you saw that. Did you see that? Uh, I don't know if I was watching at that point, but um, there were a few good celebrations in there. Um, yeah, it just shows how, how this is growing as a competition, isn't it, when you can just get, you know, even with all the stuff that's happening around, like during the ball, after every single delivery, you've got things going on as well. So you can't miss it. Mm, yeah, absolutely. But then, like we said, Manchester just really couldn't get any scores up there. The highest score was Lizelle Lee with 17. But other than that, Emma Lamb, Duck, Deandra Dottin, Duck, uh, Sophie Eccleston and Kate Cross, Duck. But not to mention Alana King taking a hat trick, which was pretty amazing. She got Cordelia Griffith, then Sophie Eccleston and then Kate Cross. So that was a hat trick there, which was pretty amazing. And her little uh, tribute to Shane Warne as well that she said afterwards was was pretty, pretty brilliant to watch. So um, really good to see, obviously, Alana King, Aussie, doing well out there. But yeah, very disappointing that the originals really just couldn't get going. Um, so yeah, that was that's the originals and Trent Rockets. So then, of course, we had Welsh Fire and the Birmingham Phoenix, Birmingham winning by 19 runs. Uh, Sophie Devine, as good as she's been, top of the order again, 48. Elise Perry, 58. You had Sophie Molyneux with 29. Uh, you had Izzy Wong getting a duck in there, which, you know, isn't quite what Izzy Wong is. But, um, you know, you can't you can't have a knock, a good knock every single time. You've got to miss out sometimes. Um, you had Nicholas with two wickets and singles for uh, for our very own Alex Hartley. Annabelle Sutherland got one as well. And you also had uh, George at the bottom there with uh, one for 15. Hayley Matthews wicketless, which is, again, something you don't see all too often but um yeah it was one of those where you're sort of thinking is that enough and then uh, it was so proven that it was welsh fire unable to get there tammy beaumont top of the order with 39 of 34 slightly slow just over on a ball getting to 39 but still not a bad score couldn't quite go on with it though annabelle sutherland got a bit of a roll on 34 of 21 it wasn't enough as the welsh fire fell and if you have a look at the uh, the bowling column for the birmingham phoenix there's two wickets for georgia elvis uh, one for divine and one for Maxud as well. So, uh, yeah, they, they've done well there, to be honest, if we're being truthful of the Birmingham Phoenix to get a win there. 
um, away as well in Cardiff. So I'm sure they'll be taking that one and running for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's um, good to see Phoenix, obviously, second team, very close second team. So good to see them get a win there. Very disappointing to not see Izzy Wong hitting her sixes over the boundary, but, you know, hopefully next game. So then the next game was Northern Superchargers versus Spirit, where Northern Superchargers managed to fight back and, and win this one by five runs. Obviously, Alyssa Healy still not doing Alyssa Healy things, but 22 uh, off 17. Jamima Rodriguez, two off five, really not not Jamima there either. Uh, but the brilliant Bessie, 57 off 34. I was watching this one live and watching her get a 50 there was, was really special uh, to be out in the middle with Laura Wolfart, who also got to 24 not out. Holly Armitage, 16, and Alice Davidson-Richards, two not out. But then the bowling side, Amelia Kerr taking two wickets. Really good to see Amelia Kerr just back out there, to be honest. It's been a while since I've seen her in short format cricket since she hasn't been playing Big Bash for quite some time. So, yeah, that was really exciting. But then Freya Davies and Grace Scrivens also getting one wicket each. And then again, Beth Mooney, 30. Grace Scrivens, 18. Amelia Kerr, 16. Sophie Luff, 39, not out. And then just under 10 scores from then on but yeah really good from northern supercharters great to see them get a win again obviously great to see holly armitage former podcast guest uh score and yeah really really glad for for bessie yeah so it was a good knock wasn't it anytime you make over 50 you know it's something to celebrate and she certainly can and especially when it gets your team over the line uh but the, the last game as we're currently recording this to uh, be completed in the women's comp was the brave and the invincibles the brave winning out they batted first 153 for eight, propelled largely by Pretty Mandana, who is a wonderful, wonderful cricketer. Again, top of the order. 46, so we'll be slightly disappointed. She couldn't quite make the half century, but even still, it was a knock that was good enough to win her side. The game at the end of things, Freya Kemp down the order as well, making a nice little 24, decent little cameo that. And then there was a lot of stars, but no one able to really go on with it. Wyatt 14, Sophia Dunkley with 13, my Boucher 13. Georgia, uh, Georgia Adams made 18. Um, there was a few that just couldn't quite go on with it. But if you go into the wickets column, you had uh, Sophia Smell with two. You had uh, Maddie Villiers with one. Uh, Ryan McDonald Gay with one. And Eva Gray with one as well. Um, when it came to batting for the Invincibles, they just couldn't quite put it together. Again, a lot of starts with Winfield Hill making 25. Bates 15. Cranston 18. Marathon Cat making 19. You just need one or two of those to go on with it. And you probably get a win there. But... As it was, they just couldn't couldn't go on with it, and uh, they fell short in the end. A couple of wickets again for George Adams, who uh, capped off a really good game, and Danny Wyatt also had two, so a good win for them. Mm, just no Alice Capsey, which is a bit disappointing to see. Um, you know, she's always very exciting to watch. So hopefully, injury hasn't got the best of her there. So hopefully, we can see her back out next game. But yeah, it was surprising to see uh, Overland Invincibles go down in this game, as they were so strong in the first game, but. Yeah, Southern Brave topping the tables. Um, good to see Tali McGrath make a hundred debut as well. That was her first game of the season. So, yeah, pretty. Uh, I mean, only got five, but hopefully she can show her all-round status and and go up in the next game. But yeah, that's the hundred so far. So we've also had a few men's games to talk about. We won't talk about all of them because they've it's been going on for a while. That tournament there's been fourteen that have happened as we are recording this. But the one thing I did just want to point out, Lily, very quickly is uh, the first 100-100, which, um, you know, we've been waiting for a little while to say that nicely rolls off the tongue. Will Smee, top of the order, 101 of 50 deliveries. What a knock that was. And, you know, obviously they weren't going to lose from there, Birmingham. 
absolutely walloped the Southern Brave and what a knock that was from a 20 year old. Yeah, it was really good and good to see, like you said, someone young, someone new uh, come in and, and score a score like that was pretty amazing to see. So, yeah, really exciting and looking forward to watching him batting some games when I'm over there. Uh, that should be fun. So obviously London Spirit topping the table at the moment, winning all of their games so far. It's been pretty Smooth run for the Spirit so far. Overland Invincibles in second with winning three and losing only one game. Um, so obviously London Spirit and Overland Invincibles have played four matches and then Trent Rockets are sitting in third, only playing three matches but winning all three. Birmingham Phoenix playing three matches but winning two. And then we've got Northern Superchargers and Southern Brave who have both played four, won one and lost three. And then down the bottom, Manchester Originals and Welsh Fire have both played three lost all of them so how disappointing that originals how many times have we said every team i pick and follow and try and support they just gravitate towards the bottom end of whatever league they're playing in yeah it's it's not good no it's not so hopefully they can make a bit of a comeback and top the table there that should be uh you know i guess we'll see but yeah, that's the the table for the men's hundred. Like we said, too many games kind of run through all of them. But yeah, it's going on, it's still going, and we'll keep everybody updated. Yeah, we certainly will. Before we move on to the interview, I've just got one thing I quickly want to say on air. So um it's out there on the on the internet before it happens. So I have had reoccurring dreams. Now you don't know about this, Ollie. You you don't know no, about this. No. This is the, the live reaction here. I've had reoccurring dreams, nightmares, really, that Susie Bates is going to sign with the stars. Wait. (laughs) This is the point about live reaction, right? So what? So I've, it's happened twice now where I've had a nightmare (laughs) that Susie Bates, who's obviously been a striker for quite some time, has signed with the stars. So... I have a feeling it's going to happen and I really hope it doesn't like, you know, when you just feel something, that something is going to happen. Yeah. That's how I feel right now with Susie Bates moving to the stars. Clip it up. Um, right? This is, this, this needs to be put on record, put on yeah. I don't know, TikTok, Instagram, whatever, like whatever we've got, this needs to be on socials because we need to get Susie Bates across the stars no, this, no, no, this, no, no, no. If this, if this <laughs> no. is the mo- if this is the motion that starts it, we need to get Susie Bates in green. No, absolutely. <laughs> that was not what I was meaning by that at all. <laughs> what I was meaning was that I hope she doesn't move over to the stars. Not let's get Susie Bates over to the yeah. stars. We'd welcome so, you, Susie. We absolutely no, absolutely not. We want but, to keep Susie. Please stay. For context, for people who are listening in for the first time, I am a Melbourne-based Stars fan. And Lily, obviously, is a South Australian-based Strikers fan, so that's why we've got a difference in opinion. Susie Bates, the stars, would just be No, okay. No, we could go on. No, so we could go on for hours and hours about this, just going back and forth. So anyway, that I'm just putting that out there. That, that was what my nightmares were. So if if that happens, I, I'm psychic or something. Well, like I'm. You. No, you won't thank me. I'll cry. So um, that's what will happen. But anyway. Moving on, I just wanted to put that out there. So Sounds good. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. So we will now move on to our podcast guest, who, of course, is former Renegade, turned sixer, 
former breaker turned meteor turned breaker a crazy career path and a wonderful interviewee absolutely wonderful like she's honestly got absolute heart of gold um, we joke that you know she didn't give us any short answers which is a great thing because we have a lot to go off and a lot to go with Maitland Brown absolute start enjoy the interview and ball first ball straight through Van Niekirk Maitland Brown strikes for the Sydney Sixers welcome and thank you very much for joining us today no worries um, thanks for having me so could you just start off by telling us where in the world you are and where you're at in your cricket career? Yeah, so um, I'm currently in Sydney, um, based in Sydney. And at the moment, I'm training with the New South Wales Breakers. Um, we are, gosh, we've almost slash finally finished pre-season. Thank God, because it's been a bit of a slog Um yeah, we've been flogged fitness-wise and, um, yeah, getting back into skills has been has been really good. And, um, yeah, we're, we're about to kick off the season in a couple of weeks. We're heading up to Coffs Harbour for some practice games. So, um, yeah, getting ready to, to play at the uh, end of September and then we're, we're flat-strapped um, until, yeah, until the, the end of the season, really. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's about it at the moment. It's just a domestic focus. And um, hopefully if I perform well, I can um, get selected in a couple of Aussie tours coming up. But yeah, at the moment, it just seems um, that all I need to do is, yeah, perform in domestic and hope that the rest takes care of itself. I mean, because the last season got delayed, it's now feeling like the season's come around very quick, hasn't it? It's you're probably not had much time off and now it's just back straight into cricket. Yeah. It's come around very quick, hasn't it? Yeah, it really has. Um, I remember uh, we're in April and I was still playing cricket and I'm like, oh, geez, I, I um, uh, can't believe it's, yeah, April and, and we're playing cricket here in Australia. I was playing a few great games to finish off the season. Um, and so from then, yeah, obviously that, that delays a little bit of extra time off that we usually get. Uh, but yeah, thanks to COVID and, and all, all other things out of our control, the season um, felt like it was never ending. And yeah, we're back here. Um, and it's come around so quick. Like, I can't believe it. It's, you know, it's almost big bash time, it feels. And, and I feel like we only just finished. So, um, yeah, we, we did get a little bit of time off. We usually have about six to eight weeks off. Um, yeah, from April until obviously, yeah, start of June, I guess. And that's really great. Like, honestly, last leave period, um, I just milked the fact that I had time off and um, sat around my butt a fair bit and just spent as much time at, at home um, as I could. I, I went and saw my family, which was really nice. Mm. They they live um, about four and a half hours away from me. So got to go spend some time with them and um, yeah, just hung out at home with the dog, with my partner and um, chilled in the garden. Obviously I did a bit of a bit of, bit of training, so I wouldn't be completely um, cooked in pre-season, but um, I know it sounds really boring, but yeah, that, that's sort of what, what I did. And yeah, I'm really glad I did because it looks like it's going to be a pretty busy year. Yes, it certainly does a lot of competitions on the way, but we talked a little bit about pre-season and how it sort of works out most of the time. Has these last couple of years been different to how you've prepared, you know, perhaps pre-COVID? And if so, how has it been different? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily different pre-COVID. I would just say the actual season itself um is different 
pre-COVID, I guess it's not as long and dragged out and, and uncertain. Um, felt the last two years have been uncertain. Um, there has been a few difficulties, I guess, um, with restrictions and lockdowns. Obviously, this time last year where Sydney was locked down and that was um, a really interesting sort of period because, yeah, somehow the government let us train, um, which, yeah, I felt, you know, we're super grateful. And, um, yeah, training was a bit weird. It was very spread out. We split into two groups. So it was the batters and bowlers and um, there was a bit of like disconnect, I guess, but we're a pretty tight knit group and still maintained obviously friendships and chatted whenever we could, like whether it was that um, distance chat and um, there was a bit of banter still chucked around. But um, uh, yeah, the, the last couple of years have been a bit different for me, I guess. Um, about almost two years ago, I was injured. So um, yeah, I, this time last year, I was actually just coming off the back of that injury and um, I was pretty much just getting ready to be ready for pre-season. So um, it was, yeah, it was a bit rushed and on the fly, I guess. Um, but this year has been really nice to actually have a um, a base, obviously, from last year to build upon um, and have a, yeah, a really strong pre-season, um, hopefully providing some success for the coming season. Yeah, absolutely. And you spent a lot of time in the New South Wales set up in, in various spells now. You talked about the banter that gets flying around and uh, and whatnot. What's the New South Wales setup actually like from someone who's you know in the inner sanctum and you know right involved with it all? Yeah, it's oh, it's so yeah, it's really cool to be a part of um, such an elite group. The obviously, as you as you mentioned, I've had a few different stints at the New South Wales squad. Um, when I was young, I came up through the New South Wales pathway and um, found myself you know, following opportunity down in ACT and, and stayed there for about five years, but I'm back now. Um, and it's a really cool group. Like, yeah, the history of the break is very professional and very elite and very diligent. And that's how I remembered it coming through the pathways. And um, that's how it still is. It's, it's very traditional and um, yeah, it's, it is honestly like, it's so elite. Like um, we we're really fortunate. We've got, um, you know, at the moment, we've got a, a brand new facility. Uh, I spent 60 mil on it, which was pretty cool. Um, so we've literally got a world-class facility to train at. And honestly, I reckon it's it's probably the, the best cricket centre in the world. Definitely Australia. Um, yeah, but I reckon they give in most places a run for their money. But it's cool. Like, we've got such a fun group. Um, Phoebe Litchfield's a character. She uh, She makes me laugh so much. Today we were in the gym um, and we had a bit of like black eyed peas and what's that oh, country song? Um, there's like I can't I can't I joke. Joke. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, were all just like, we were all like dancing. We were meant to do our gym session and I could see the coaches' faces tensing up a little bit, knowing that we were having fun, but also like girls, you need to um, get your ass into gear. And here I am talking about how. Um, you know diligent and whatnot we are we are we are but we do have a lot of fun and um you know we we have a uh we obviously have some senior players and world-class experience in the squad we've got Rachel Haynes, Alyssa Healy, Ash Gardner, Aaron Burns all players as well as you know Hannah Darlington, Stella Campbell all players who played for Australia and um it's really cool to be able to be in such an elite squad and um to train alongside world-class players um but also we have this younger core and it's really cool to see the different sort of um, 
groups come together and we've got such a yeah really nice tight-knit group and everyone has so much fun and it's really cool to see um everyone you know improve and progress throughout the pre-season we we just did testing today fitness testing we had to run a 2k and it is literally the worst test ever like oh my god at the end of it you just want to I literally just laid on this just grotty crap like gravel and did not care and I was just dead laying there anyway but um it's really cool to see so many of the young girls um work their butts off for the last like six weeks or however long it was since we did our last one and um yeah and see them kick their goals and and um and improve it's just it's cool everyone's just um gets around each other and it's a it's a really fun group I'm I'm really enjoying it up here yeah it certainly sounds like it's fun it definitely sounds yeah. like it's fun and <laughs> um, we talked about how that yeah. can how that can work off field do you think that gives you an advantage on field when it actually comes to you know when the whips are cracking when you're actually you know playing do you reckon yeah, yeah. a bit of an edge knowing that you've got not only teammates but a bunch of friends alongside you as well in a sense yeah yeah 100 percent. i always play my best cricket when i'm um having the most amount of fun and it makes it easy when you're surrounded by 10 other mates on the field so um yeah it's it's really cool and and everyone obviously we have so much fun but we do we do get serious every now and then and um you know the we're full of such a um a skillful skillful crew so it's it's really cool to um you know, see some, see, you know, if we lose a wicket, we've got Phoebe Litchfield, the youngster walking out to bat and everyone backs her. It's just, yeah, everyone backs each other in the squad. And yeah, it definitely makes it easy um, to gel on the field when you gel off field. Now, talking about that, obviously you're all such great friends. What is it like to come against each other playing Big Bash? Because, you know, you're in the same team for, for New South Wales, but then to split off and divide into the two teams to then play against yeah. each other. Yeah. What's that experience like? Yeah, it is. Um, it's it's actually really fun. I guess we have a little bit of banter. Um, you know, it comes up a little bit. The rivalry pops up every now and then during training, and it's it's really funny to sort of tease a couple of the girls and and know that you're baiting them sometimes, and they love love taking the bait. Um, but yeah, on field is um, it's definitely there's a bit of banter out there. There's a, a bit of challenge. Uh, when we're not playing each other, we're always still supporting one another. So, if, you know, um, if someone makes runs in, in against another team or we'll send them a little message in our group chat or, um, yeah, always encouraging. And the rivalry doesn't split us up, but it definitely adds uh, that competitive tension um, in the squad. Yeah, no, I can imagine. Um, yeah, unless the final cool. comes down to sixes and thunder, that'll be interesting. But no, we're strong enough to stick yeah. together. It doesn't matter what happens. I mean, yeah, that would that was probably the only option that would make you a bit, <laughs> a bit angry. tense. Yeah, first session back. <laughs> um, so going back to what you were saying before about the academy, so you went through that New South Wales pathway, and then you went off to ACT. So why was that? How did that opportunity arise with ACT? And because, you know, a lot of people go through the New South Wales pathway and then play for New South Wales. So how did you end up going over to ACT? Uh, I just wasn't good enough and got dropped, actually. Um, but no, so I was in the, that academy um, and I was in year 12, I think. And 
I was, you know, I lived in the country. I was about four and a half hours away from, from where the breakers were training. Um, and I couldn't just drive down every week during the middle of the week and, and train for a couple hours in the Arvo. Like it was just um, too tough. It was hard on my parents. And also I had school to focus on. So um, I wasn't um, training a whole lot and I wasn't, um, yeah, obviously wasn't in the group. So it sort of just was a bit of a, a tag along here and there. So I, I sort of, I feel like, yeah, just began to sort of, um, drift away I guess but I was still playing grade um I was still so I played for played grade cricket down there and um I would travel I'd wake up early on a Sunday morning get in the car with dad it'd be like 4 30 we'd drive down to Sydney I'd play a whole game of cricket whole 50 50 over game and then we'd jump back in the car and head back and we'd get home at around 11 o'clock so Sunday was a massive day um and then I'd go to school the next morning on Monday. So yeah, I was, I was training at home. I wasn't really in the squad um, down in Sydney and yeah, I was just playing grade cricket. So um, yeah, come the, the new year of when New South Wales was sort of doing their contracts and sorting out the academy squad. Um, yeah. I got the phone call to say that I wasn't going to be a part of the program. Um, it's funny because the lady who called me Leah Poulton at the time, she um, was the one who re-signed me for New South uh, of last year so um, yeah but, but yeah I, I wasn't um, given an opportunity to be a part of the squad so the only option I sort of had was just to play grade cricket um, because I was too old for the underage um, things like that like the under 18s and whatnot um, and a girl who I played cricket with Andrews, um, she also plays for the Sixers and, and ACT she was at ACT and I think she had a little word to the coach down there and um, one night when I was at home uh, yeah I get this phone call from the ACT coach uh, wanting to know if I wanted to come down and um, and tag along for the for a couple of their training sessions and um, yeah at the time I wasn't really sure what to do whether to follow this opportunity um, sit in the car for seven hours rather than four and a half and head down to Canberra um, or focus and stay in Sydney and play grade cricket and hope that I sort of got called back into that squad but um, I probably saw a bit more of an opportunity with ACT um, and yeah as you sort of early on in your career opportunities are a really big part of getting that exposure and getting that experience um, and ACT was probably the better option for me um, and I backed myself to head down there as much as I could now that I didn't have school um, and train hard and try to um, get selected in their starting 11 and um, I ended up doing that so I would head down to Canberra um, at the time they they didn't have um, they didn't have the contract upgrade whereas what they do now so if you play maybe like three or however many WNCL games you get upgraded to a contract and um, obviously you have a decent amount of pay to, to be able to pay rent and live down there at the time that wasn't around so I ended up just um, traveling to and from, um, you know, where I'm from in in um, in the mid north coast down to Canberra, which was yeah about seven hours. Stay down there for a few days and then head back. So um, it was pretty tricky, and yeah, eventually I, I got picked and I was debuting at the Wacker, which was really cool. Um, and yeah, eventually the the following year when I was offered a full contract, I moved down there and and lived there for a few years. Um, studied and 
yeah, got some really great exposure and experience and um, yeah, sort of that's how, that's how my career started off and um, everything down there sort of naturally came to a bit of an end and I wanted to move closer to home um, and yeah, that's sort of how the journey from ACT to New South and pathways transitioned. Yeah, I think the story is is quite a wonderful one in a sense because it's not the the stereotypical cricket story of you know playing for your home state. You had to go elsewhere. Um, do you think the fact that you've not had it easy, obviously being an athlete, never is, and there's always challenges for people to overcome. But do you think the fact that you've not had it easy and you've had to balance year twelve, playing for a different state to the one you live in, seven hour drives and the like? Do you think that sort of giving you that that mindset, that mental mindset to go, well, if I can do that, I can sort of do anything? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, I definitely don't find a, a, a three-hour drive very long now that I sort of experience that seven-hour drive, um, which, is, which is a funny silver lining, I guess, from the big commute. But yeah, definitely, um, definitely being an elite athlete isn't all that it's sort of cracked up to be. There's definitely so many struggles. Um, you know, obviously you have the, the brilliance and, and, um, and privilege of playing sport as your job but yeah you know when you when you go through injuries or when you go through being dropped um and all the other sort of struggles I guess um that come with that it definitely makes it um hard and, and definitely teaches you resilience and persistence um uh, they're probably the two big learnings that I got out of that journey and um yeah I'm really it's really cool I sort of I was reflecting the other day and I was so naive before I that like around that year 12 like the year after school and um and I just was I was like, looking back I'm like how was I just so chill like I literally when I got the phone call to say that I um I wasn't going to be a part of the the academy squad I was just like oh like whatever I'll just like do a gap year in Europe or something like not thinking like yes I want to be a professional cricketer like I was just so naive and just like because I played cricket for the fun of it and I just ha- like I just happened to be um have a bit of skill and, and a bit of talent I guess but um yeah I, I played it because I enjoyed it and um yeah I'm really grateful for, for Ange and, and that opportunity that came with ACT but yeah at the time I was just really chill and naive and um yeah and just living in the present so yeah it's sort of funny looking back and reflecting on the whole journey but um yeah things happen for a reason and every yeah it all worked out in the end I guess so touch wood that there's no uh injuries this season but yeah I'm feeling feeling really great and grateful and really cool to be um in the position that I am yeah certainly and I think I think naivety is the same with with all you know youth I think it's something that the yeah. parents, you know, me and Lily are both going through that somewhat now. And yeah. you know, again, as we keep going, you know, it all works yeah, out. It, 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 all, all it works does. Out, it me. does. Just it do whatever does. you want, whatever you think's fun. It all work out in the end. Yeah, definitely. But it's a it's a good life lesson to have, and experience is certainly important. But you know, we talked about your experiences in New South Wales and um, the ACT. Let's move down to Victoria for a minute. A few seasons at the Renegades, which again, when you just throw in, you know, you've got yeah. New South Wales player. You know, New South Wales growing up there, playing for the ACT and then throwing Victoria into the mix just for the fun of it. Um, A few seasons with the Renegades. Did you have to balance the commitments between the different states? And if so, how did you sort of manage that? Well, I guess um, Big Bash is a unique one because it's sort of, 
it's its own um, mini tournament, I guess, or not mini, it's pretty freaking big. Um, it's its own tournament that happens at, um, yeah, it's just like a, a six week block and um, you always, you go away, you're based with your team and you go around and play. So it doesn't actually interfere or like interact really with state stuff. So um, ACT obviously don't have a, a big bash squad and um I ended up getting into the Renegades because ACT headed down to um, we played these practice games against Victoria and there was a, a coach there who um, saw some potential in me, I guess. And um, on my way back from that trip, um, gave me a phone call and, and that's sort of how the, the Renegades connection sort of came about, uh, which I was, yeah, I was over the moon. Like when I got the call, because obviously I, um, I wasn't a part of, of any sort of professional setup the the previous year when big bash um big bash i won it was so yeah to be a part of something that was new and exciting um really got me going and i was super pumped i remember being in the car just going what like are you serious man um but yeah that's how that sort of came about and um yeah it's that's sort of how it is uh with new south wales as well um we obviously have our state coaches and, and we can contact them like obviously just just like normal but um, when the big bash is on we usually yeah just head away with our um, individual teams and and sort of become one with that club and, and travel around and then when that the big bash finishes we head back to our um, our states and everything sort of goes back to normal because yeah, there's a few other girls I think um, who play for different associations because it's more like franchise based um, as a yeah that's just sort of that's how that sort of dynamic works I guess the big bash like you said it very excited to join up with the renegades but just being a part of the whole tournament I know as a viewer from a viewer's perspective cricket's exciting love watching it but the big bash is something else and it's it's fun and it's you know the fast-paced cricket so yeah do you feel any different going into a big bash season than you would a WNCL season for example because you know it's going to be fun colorful yeah 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 it's definitely marketed a lot different to our classic uh wntl stuff um and it's obviously a different format so um i really enjoy playing t20 cricket so um yeah it definitely feels different it feels more like rock star celeb vibes like playing in big bash like there's always so much fun and hype and um it's yeah it's sort of marketed like that as well so when we turn up to games there's there's a lot of fan engagement which is really cool um we have a lot more people turn up to our big bash games than we do wncl um so yeah it's so fun like each year when it comes is like it's like christmas um it actually did used to be at christmas time so that was um yeah i i sort of yeah i really wish that there would be a bit more crossover with the guys um it'd be interesting to see like what sort of happens in the next few years because when yeah, when I first started getting into the um into the when I was first playing with the Renegades, obviously that was when we would play double headers with the men and our comp was at the same. So there was a bit of extra sort of excitement, I guess, because um by the end of our games, you know, like I played one game for instance, um, at the MCG, which was epic because we you obviously got to play at some really big grounds. Um and by the end of our game we had about thirty thousand in the um in the crowd and that was insane it was the most amount of people I'd I'd played in front of and yeah it was really cool to to feel super special and um it still does like you know rock up to North Sydney and and 
a few other grounds around Australia and um, there's just so much excitement and, and energy around it. And it's such a fast paced game. It's super unpredictable. Like you never know what team's going to win um, at the end of the tournament. Like you cannot pick it, honestly. Um, like for instance, the Sixers last year, you know, good on paper, but uh, wooden spoon is. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's really cool. And I love playing big bash and um, yeah, it's really fast paced and that's, you know, I'm all about that. That's cool. But you know, when need be, can block in the one day is. So <laughs> <laughs> got to be um, adaptable. <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that actually, because obviously, you know, Big Bash, as fun as it is and exciting as it is, and moving away from the men's as well, you know, it gave it its own tournament separate from the men's. Yeah. But there have been some issues, I guess, with that, with it falling in school term time. Yeah. Which then you lose a lot of young fans. You know, I've had to miss yeah. lots of school days over the years to yeah. go and watch Big Bash, which probably isn't great. But I know some people are like, dude, no brainer. Like, don't put on a school day if you want yeah. to come. But yeah, it just sort of has to work out that way sometimes, mm. unfortunately. But um, yeah, spewy. Yeah. yeah, I know. Now, I guess joining back up with the Sixers, it must be um pretty crazy I guess because you know like moving over to New South Wales again but being back up with like you said Elise Perry um in the Sixers squad and and Healy and Ash Gardner that must be a pretty cool team and experience to to play around those kind of girls yeah definitely you know like um it's yeah it's awesome to be able to um be surrounded by world-class players who are literally the best in the world at what they do so it's pretty special to be in the same team as them um yeah, it's it's awesome. I really hope that we can um we can fire up this year. Like we really struggled last year, um and we we're on the road for a long time. Like, I think that was a really big part of it. Um, I was living out of my suitcase for three months, and um with all the border closures and whatnot, um yeah, that sort of was was a bit hard. So hopefully this year, um yeah, we can we can do a lot better. But yeah, it's it's awesome to to be in a squad with with these girls. Like just to watch how they prepare and and also just have those conversations about cricket on and off the field and um and also just get to know them a bit more it's it's cool it's yeah it's really my younger self would be pinching themselves like I was super um yeah I was super starstruck when I first started meeting Pez like um when I would rock up to the the breakers training as a youngster in the academy side I was I was just like in awe of Pez and and obviously Midge as well so it's really cool to know that I grew up um, looking up to these women and now um, I'm playing alongside them and, um, you know, maybe some young girl looked up to me and hopefully one day we can meet and, and play alongside one another. So, yeah, it's, it's really cool, have, over, you know, having a look and looking back and at all the, yeah, the whole situation. Yeah, it's a question we actually often ask the guests that we get on here is like, do you, you know, do you see yourself? No, 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 not at all. Um, it's like, do you, do you see yourself as a role model? Um, and and it's sort of, it's an interesting question we get because some people say that they don't see themselves in that sort of light and others say that they do. So where do you sort of put yourself in that sort of bracket? Do you see yourself as, you know, as some form of icon or, or role model for, for people to look up to? Or is it just you go about your cricket and everything else takes care of itself? I think it's hard not to realize that you are a, um, a role model for 
um, well, I, I guess for me, yeah, young boys and girls growing up, I think we're in such a, um, yeah, in a great position where we can, you know, we have so much exposure and, and um, yeah, and there's, there's so much attention on, on us, which is really cool. And I think, um, especially for me, I would say the, the country kids, um, I would say I'm a bit of a role model for them, you know, like it's obviously a bit trickier being um, away from a main city where most of the opportunity is, but if you put your mind to it, um, you know, ta-da, you can do it like I did. Um, but yeah, I think it's really special. And um, yeah, I've got, yeah, I've got time for, you know, for so many young fans who rock up to the game because I just remember like being in that position myself and um, yeah. And every sort of interaction you've got with a, with a young boy or girl is like, yeah, really impactful. And um, yeah, I saw this, we had a, um, a clinic at our center the other day and this young boy actually rocked up with a sign and um, it said cricket sport for everyone and had a couple of the, the blues players, but um, a little cut out of me. I thought that was really special. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a young girl or anything. It was a young boy and to, um, yeah, to have, I guess me on this, on this little sign was really special to know that, that yeah, that we're sort of um, role models for young kids going up playing cricket. Yeah, I did actually see that. That was on Sunrise, wasn't it? So nice. Yeah, yeah. so cute. Actually, it's it's in our, um, the the signs in the little, hanging up in the little cafe that we've got in the centre now, which is really cool. So it's it's so cute. Yeah, yeah. That's unbelievable. I think that, you know, they're obviously the reasons why why fans, as we love sport, and I suppose players as well, um, is the fact that the fans can get themselves involved and, you know, there's that real interaction. Obviously, you know, we wrote this question before we obviously got you on the podcast, but, you know, we sort of knew that you had an outgoing personality and now first time we could tell that, um, you know, from not only the social media posts that you put up to you, however many thousands of followers you've got, quite a fair few, um, but how important is it for you to give fans a look into your life outside of outside of cricket? Um, yeah, I think it's really important. I think uh, for me personally, to understand my identity, like not only as a cricketer, like to show that I'm more than that, you know, like um, I'm a gardener. I whacked off a couple of pics of my colleagues on Insta just before the uh, podcast and, um, and all the other interests and, and I think also just to really encourage um, and show balance outside of what you do, you know, like I think it doesn't matter what sort of job you're in. If you're, if you're tunnel vision in that job, you're probably not going to have the best time. So I think it's really important to um, have balance outside of that for, for yeah, your identity, but also um, just so you can experience some different things. And um, I, I guess one of the, the, the big sort of eye openers for me was when I got injured um, all of a sudden, you know, you're out of the game for six to nine months or however freaking long that was. Um, and, and yeah, that, that for me was a, a real moment of, oh, thank God. I like, I've got things going on outside of cricket. Um, you know, I had my study, I was down in Canberra studying industrial design and at the time of, um, tearing my hemi off the bone, I obviously was on crutches for a little bit after surgery and, um, I was presented an opportunity to be a part of an art exhibition and that was something completely foreign to me like rocking up to a art gallery opening night was like super uncomfortable I'm like if it was a sporting setting I'd be like hell yeah like how we doing like all this but I was really low-key and I was super nervous but 
um, yeah, I was, I was invited to this art exhibition to be a, um, a feature artist and I had to um, whip up this piece and I'm, I made a 3D printed lounge. It was pretty cool. Um, and at the time, I think if we were, if I was fully fit and in season, I don't think I actually would have had any time to make this piece and be in this exhibition. So found a little silver lining um, in being injured and, and yeah, doing, doing something completely different and, and yeah, having this balance outside of, um, outside of cricket is really important. And yeah, I just try to share that and just try to be real and, um, and yeah, just have, have a laugh and have fun. Cause yeah, life's too short to be serious and boring. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Certainly is. Certainly is. Uh, with the industrial design stuff, you've got your own Instagram page and everything and all the stuff on it looks absolutely brilliant. Six stitch design for anyone who... It's a little bit low-key at the moment, but I'll have to jump back on it. We'll give you we'll give you a plug because if you've not seen it, it's it's wonderful, um, all the stuff that you put on there. Um, so was it that injury that sort of sparked that interest or was there something, you know, before that, you know, maybe from a while back where you sort of thought, now that I've got time, I can go into it? Or was it just a new thing, like, you know, off a whim? Uh, no, I actually, I got into design um, when I was in year 12. I um, did design and technology. Um, that was a subject. And yeah, I found a passion for, um, yeah, for design and making things and um, living on the farm. I was always hands-on and making things in the shed with dad and um, yeah, finding out how some, such and such tool worked. And I was just really interested in being hands-on and um, and making things that looked cool. So that's sort of how the passion um, started. And when I moved down to Canberra and, um, and signed a contract down there, our player development manager um, encouraged me to study. And, every, you know, yeah, our, our, um, we have staff who, yeah, encourage us to study because, you know what, I'm not going to be rolling the arm over when I'm 45, I'm pretty sure. So I've got to have uh, a plan B and, and a career after cricket and yeah, studying early sort of um, sets me up for that. So, yeah, I, the degree took longer than what it what it said because I um, I made it take longer than what it said. Doing you know chopping and changing between part time and full time, but yeah, it was it was really great because I um, yeah once again going back to that balance, I had something going on outside of cricket and in my downtime. Uh, rather than like sitting there twiddling my thumbs like oh can't wait for the net session tomorrow like that's all I've got going on in my life I'm like oh I'm gonna you know um study and and um yeah make this project and um yeah just kept that balance and um and yeah I'm really grateful that I did study because yep that injury happened and I had a I had a pretty cool project to um to make and that came about because of the degree and um yeah at the moment I haven't done a whole lot with it because um I'm finally back and the, the season's been pretty busy in the last couple of years um you know being in and that in and out of that Aussie squad has been pretty hectic and hasn't um enabled me enough time to sort of go and work in the industry um outside but hopefully I'm I'm uh working through to the through that at the moment and trying to um do a little bit of unpaid work here and there but um yeah, it's just something I do because I really like it and it's really cool and it's fun and um, that's what I'm all about. Brilliant. Love it. Yeah. Is that something you see yourself kind of doing post-cricket or is it something that you just enjoy doing and, you know, you're happy to kind of keep it just going on the side at the moment? 
Um, probably, yeah, at the moment it's it's more of just um, a bit on the side. Um, yeah, I sort of chose it and went into it just doing it because I enjoyed it. Um, not necessarily like had a big career goal in mind. Um, and I, I think there's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but I'm super open to any opportunities that arise, um, whether it's in industrial design or whether it's something else that pops up, it might be in media or, um, in commentating. So, um, keeping, keeping an open mind and I'm just going to do what I did when I was young and just be naive and and just chill and not worry about it. (laughs) And, uh, um, channel my energy into cricket, but no, um, yeah, at the moment, it's just more of, of something that I'm doing for fun. And um, yeah, as I said, if, if an opportunity comes, then, and it's and it's pretty cool and something that I'm interested in, then yeah, definitely, I would um, give that a crack. But yeah, just, just more for fun at the moment. Yeah. Now, I actually think you'd be a brilliant commentator. Let me tell you, if you were commentating on some <laughs> games, I would love to tune in. I think that would be so uh, good. <laughs> thank you. Um <laughs> I actually I did commentate one game and it was it was when I got injured and I was three days post operation mm-hmm. and I honestly probably still had something in my system because I was like just real relaxed and just really really vibing it um it was very fun but yeah I, I like to get into it um god I'd be I'd be nervous I know people think that I'm all right at media but I get super like stressed and I like get tight chested and, and and I don't want to swear I don't want to say the wrong thing but um I'm sure that that's it'll you know what do they call it like first time nerves that, yeah. that'll be right but we'll see what happens yeah. I'll um, have to let them know that you came to hear me so I'll, yeah. I'll try to get in the box <laughs> I, I reckon that there wouldn't be too many people uh, muting the uh muting the tv I reckon if uh, if you're on comms uh, <laughs> I don't they think, just I don't... listen to hear the train wreck. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but from experience, it definitely is a first time thing. And, you know, once you do things, as with anything in life, you sort of calm yourself down um, after yeah. that. Someone gave me a really great tip because I was talking to them about, you know, commentating and um, trying to get good at doing media. And, you know, when you have the moments when, you, when you're in the car, you're obviously singing along and you're just super carefree and no one can hear what you're doing and, um, and you, your true self, I would say. Well, I turned, I was, my tip was to turn down the radio and just pretend that you were commentating and practice, like pretend that someone was interviewing you. And like, that's a really great time to like practice that stuff. So the more I do that, the more confident I'll get with the the commentating, I reckon. Certainly, certainly. Um, But, you know, I, I think, you know, Get a hashtag trending, Maitland, Maitland on comms or something. For the, for the WNCL or WBBL. I think uh, if, you're, if you're not playing, which I'm sure you'd rather be doing, uh, there's certainly not a bad second option. But back to on-field cricket now. Obviously, you've been in and around the Australia setup, uh, touring Sri Lanka, and you've been involved with, with Australia A against England A um, over the journey as well. Um, what's it like playing international cricket? And is that like the main goal of yours going forward? Yeah, it's really cool. Like, honestly, when I get the phone call to um, be a part of a tour, I get yeah super nervous and super excited because it's literally the best cricket team in the world. Like it, they're so successful, they've got every friggin' trophy in the trophy case, um, and it's obviously a really tough squad to crack. So um, yeah, one of my goals is is um, is to obviously get get that cap. Um, I feel like I've been yeah in and amongst the squad a few times and um I just haven't quite been given the opportunity and 
um it can be super disappointing sometimes and really deflating but I guess you know having perspective on the whole situation it's still freaking cool that I'm in the squad like um you know being surrounded by you know world-class players and being a part of um of the squad's really special and um yeah definitely when I'm a bit bummed out about not getting picked or or something like that just trying to keep the perspective of being involved at, at the forefront because it's super special but um yeah hopefully I, I perform well in domestic cricket this season and um I finally I can get the call up again and and hopefully this time get handed a cap but um yeah definitely doesn't come easy um and I don't expect it to either um so we'll have to wait and see what happens but I'm freaking trying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it sounds like it. We, we wouldn't knock you for trying because it is a tough team to break into. Um, it is, yeah. Obviously, you were part of the Australia A-side, as was mentioned before, against England earlier this year, which being an England cricket fan was kind of tough to watch for a lot of the, uh, <laughs> a lot of the summer because uh, we, got, we got battered. But uh, what was being yeah. around that team like? Um, and how special was it to play against even some of England's best? You had Izzy Wong, I think, played for England in that. Yeah, yeah, legend. Who's, who's exploded. Izzy's cool. Um, Izzy actually came and um, trained in the in the breaker squad for a little bit um, before that Aussie A um, tour, which was really cool to get to know her and to see her achieve so many great things. She's absolutely killing it. But, yeah, to be in that Aussie A squad was really fun. It's such a fun group god like i love it it's yeah it's really cool there's some characters in there molly strano grace harris was in the squad last time and um and the group's generally more yeah more of a a younger course so um yeah we all get along really well and um and we performed really well we actually we actually beat australia in one of the games that we played so i'll uh, always remember that and always remind the gals if they uh if they start thinking better than us uh, which they are um <laughs> yeah that, that was a really that was a really fun fun squad to be a part of it um and i guess one of the the great things was just to be able to play games i think anytime that you get extra games in the season um is super handy so yeah to have to have the extra games under the belt was definitely um, a perk of being a part of that recent um, Aussie versus England A um, Ashes series. And to win every game against yeah. England, that must have been the, the icing on top of the cake, right? Yeah, yeah, we definitely, uh, we didn't like the floor with England, not going to lie. No. Yeah. <laughs> there well, are a couple, it, of, it, um, a couple of girls who flogged us around. <laughs> Look, just spitting facts. No, um, yeah, it was it was really cool, and it was um, yeah, it was it was great to um, you know, we were definitely challenged at times. We had a couple of girls who started scoring a, a lot of runs, and and quickly, I think Bryony Smith came out hot in most of the games that we played, and we were on the back foot, and we're like, oh crap, like what's gonna happen next? So, um, yeah, it was definitely there were definitely a couple of um tussles back and forth um and yeah it was it was really cool to um to obviously you know get on the right side of that but yeah such a great series I think we definitely need to play more um Aussie Aussie stuff yeah absolutely now I guess talking about you know building up to this season what are you most looking forward to about any of the formats what is your the thing that you're just the most excited for in this upcoming summer I think obviously Big Bash, like that's so, that's such a fun time of the year. But, um, you know, I've, we've been with the Breakers um, 
you know, for us, oh, I've been with the breakers for us, how many weeks of pre-season and we're working our butts off. And um, I'm really excited for WNCL season to, to kick off because, yeah, I'm really confident in the girls. And I think we've, we've got what it takes this year. You know, we're a bit disappointed last year, missed out on a few um, games that we really needed to win to progress to finals. So we're all, we've got fire in the belly and we're ready to, to, to get into it. Um, and we're also playing our first few rounds at North Sydney and, and uh, in Sydney, which is really cool because then my family can come down and watch us play. So I'm really excited for that. Um, and I'm also really excited specifically to be playing um, at North Sydney with the Sixers. Um, we got stitched up a little bit. We're playing there like at the end of the season. Um, but once again, just to have family and friends in the crowd is something that I've really missed out on. And really missed in the last few years with with all the restrictions and whatnot. So, um, yeah, to play some cricket, but also to have friends and family come and watch, and um, and also fans to see you guys and engage with you guys. Yeah. So just to get life back to normal, I guess is just yeah, the, the yeah, that's it. Just really, <laughs> yeah. really looking to it. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Yeah. I think I think that's the main thing as well with with fans. You've got to get fans involved. Um, obviously, it doesn't you know really seem normal, but. Um, just one yeah. more before we uh, we take a bit of a. I mean, this has been pretty lighthearted, but an even more lighthearted turn. Just one more serious-ish question. Uh, what was your favourite cricketing memory? Um, and if you know what, it, you know, is there one that sort of sticks out, or have you got a few that are sort of on that same level? Um, I would say, as a youngster, I've been nostalgia here, probably. Um, just playing backyard cricket with my brother. That's sort of how I first started getting into cricket. Uh, we played with the, an axe handle, no axe head on it, just the handle. So just literally a piece of wood, which is essentially what a cricket bat is, but piece of wood and a tennis ball. And um, yeah, we played some, we played all day and we were just obsessed with it. So yeah, that that's definitely very fond. Um, but also probably... Um, Probably that the game that I mentioned, the um, the New Year's Day game when I played for the Renegades, uh, we played against the Stars, and it was a doubleheader um, against the men, and we were out in the MCG, and it's such a bloody, oh god, it's freaking huge! Hey, the the MCG is massive. Like you literally feel like an ant. Like <laughs> I am an ant at the top of my mark at the MCG, but yeah, playing there was really cool. Um, and yeah, by the end of it. Uh, we actually ended up going into a super over um, and because of that, that sort of the crowd obviously came in a little bit closer to the men's game. And yeah, those 30,000 roaring people um, watching us play. And that was really cool. I've got a feeling I might've been there that day. I might've been. Oh there. yeah. I think, I think I might've been. Um, Cause obviously was that the one where there was like the 80,000 for the men's game and there was like a massive crowd. Yeah. yeah huge. I, I would have been yeah. there. Um, that, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was crazy. That was brilliant. And I think, yeah. I think, did you guys win the win the super over? I think because I remember going there. I don't know. I can't remember. I think I dropped oh, a pack oh, yeah. <laughs> in well, the super over. <laughs> I, I think that's one of the best big bash memories I've got. Was was that? Yeah, was that it's day. cool. Or, um, yeah, probably that. That's really cool. But also, um, and also a cricket memory. But the first phone call that I got to um, to be a part of an Aussie tour that was like. I was a pretty epic moment. I was just chilling at home. Um, and yeah, just seeing the the head selector's name pop on my phone. I'm like, oh, what's going on? I didn't, I don't know what's what the hell is happening here. Like I didn't know there was a tour coming up. What's this about? 
and I answered it and um you know I just remember like getting off the phone and like turning to David um my fiance and just saying oh my god I've just been picked um to play like against New Zealand in a couple months and we both just like hugged each other and just started like crying in the um in the like lounge room and it was really like it's very soppy or whatever but like it was really cool because you know obviously um yeah meant a lot to me but to have him like also get really emotional about it was really cool because yeah he's just been such a a big support of mine and um yeah to finally have you know it's it's freaking tough to crack the squad so to finally feel like I was over that hurdle a little bit um and having a bit of a, a breakthrough moment was like super special so that's it's cricket no money but not really um yeah hopefully I'll take a hat trick like that'd be like uh, that'd be a, a cricket moment for you but I haven't yeah. got that but yeah I'll stick with the soppy emotional one instead <laughs> and that's that's part of life isn't it? there's plenty of time to get the hat trick and get your Australia cap so yeah, yeah exactly it's not like you're winding down yeah yeah Best is I yet feel like come. such like an imposter they're like oh man I'm not Australian cricket I'm like yeah but just drinks run out at the moment so <laughs> um yeah um but we're gonna move Thank on you. if that's okay we've got a bit of a would you rather this or that type section so there's just a few quick fire, well they don't have to be quick fire but a few quick questions um you know one or the other kind of thing so just to start off t20 or test cricket t20 come at me traditionalists but Ooh. t20 <laughs> are you one of those um i i, I would say I... I would prefer test cricket but yeah, each yeah. to their own, each to their own. Um, I'm too comfy, so. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's yeah. well, a bit of a, of a split on the podcast, but, you know, healthy debate is good. Um, beach or backyard cricket? Uh, backyard. I actually have not. I don't, feel, I don't think I played beach cricket. Like, I didn't grow up near the beach. Um, I still went to the beach. Like, I wasn't that sheltered. But, um, yeah, backyard cricket is probably where I first kindled my love for the um for the game so I'm gonna go with that yeah, I think I tend to side with you on this one the beach can get a little bit annoying but um but yeah back yeah on. like I feel like it would just hit and just not really go anywhere maybe yeah and just running yeah, is not... just annoying um, yeah true you get like you get sore feet because you're like gripping the sand as you're running like yeah it's just heavy yeah. um injuries yet yeah, though just... <laughs> yeah certainly um right would you rather hit three sixes to win a game of cricket or take a hat trick to win a game of cricket Oh, the the inner wannabe all rounder in me says three sixes because that'll just be like BDE energy. Um, but hat trick, I gotta do it. I gotta, you know, do it for the bowlers. Absolutely, yeah, so cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, sick. Both way, both videos. Yeah, yeah. I reckon they remember the hat trick more though, because it's like a it's thing, is it? It's, it's more yeah. staty. All right, non-cricket later on, a couple now on the uh, a few now in a row. Orange juice or apple juice? Um oh my gosh, never thought about that. Not biased to either, but I'll go with orange juice. Apple juice can be a bit sweet. Actually, this is super random. I feel like when I have apple juice, I like cough. Like, because it's so sweet in my throat. Like, when, like, I would have, like, if I had, like, a slushy or something, I'd just cough. Oh, like, yeah. coughing it. Just because the, yeah. the throat irritation. So, that's what yeah. I get with apple juice. God, I'm just embarrassing myself. Next question. <laughs> that's fine. Would you rather be 10 minutes late always or half an hour early always? 
Oh, half an hour early always. I literally, I'm an, an hour and more early all the time to training. I try to be in traffic, but also I am. I like I'm like, all right, where the hell is everyone? <laughs> no, I'm always early. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Hell yeah. Yeah. Yes. Good. <laughs> Good. I love it. You've got an approving nod there. Really, yeah. <laughs> really randomly, we were at this game. Um, we we're at North Sydney and it was a rain delay, so we were just chilling in the change rooms and the security um no, yeah, obviously I have like security, so any randoms can't just come in and steal your kid or whatever. Anyway, I was having a chat to this lady because we're obviously like bored waiting for the rain to stop. And this woman was trying to convince me that banana on pizza is a good idea. Oh, I was like, like <laughs> no. Yeah, I was like, oh, like she was the the way she was telling me. I'm like, wow, I'm like super convinced by you. Like, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like I'm missing out on something. She was so convincing. Yeah. So I'm yet to try it, but I mean, like, who knows? So, uh, yeah, that's, that's a really interesting one. But for the, for the random security guard at, at North Sydney, you've got to do it, I reckon. Um, yeah. some point or another. <laughs> do it uh, for the Seki. Yeah, yeah just, just, just a little homage to the Seki. Love it. Um, yeah. Right, this is, right, is going to be a bit of a two-parter. WNCL or WBBL? Oh. Oh, this is W... BBL <laughs> covering the uh, uh WBBL with, with with the breakers with the breakers jacket on as it's well. It's just fun. It's so I know it's shocking. It'd be funny if I had a Sixers shirt on today. Traitor. I don't. I have a training shirt on, but I know. Uh, it's just the yeah the excitement. It's just I prefer playing T Twenty cricket. Um and yeah, it just feels a bit like rock starry and fun. Like maybe if WNCL had a bit more of that vibe going, but. Yeah. um fireworks yeah. and stuff exactly yes yeah. we don't get fireworks at wntl nah. but we just... do at big bash that's my exactly. um justification yeah uh so following on from that then obviously you're yet to get an australia cap but we're sure that's going to change would you rather get one australia <laughs> only one australia cap in your career and never win the wbbl or win three wbbl titles but never play for australia oh uh... Nah, I gotta play for Australia. I've, you know, that's that's one of my yeah biggest goals, and to ha- get that cap would be great. Like, look, I've gone seven years without winning a big bash title, and it's been alright since. So you know, I'll I'll take the cap and not win any um any trophies. Yeah, just don't just don't tell your Sixers administration that, and you'll uh, you'll be right <laughs> as rain. Yeah. Uh, but that just about concludes the uh, the interview. But once again, like we said, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been so much fun to talk to you and all the best with your cricket. We'll be keeping a close eye and, and staying tuned. So yeah, all the best thank with the upcoming season as well. And bold first ball straight through for Neekirk. Maitland Brown strikes for the Sydney Sixers. So that was the interview with Maitland Brown. We really hope you enjoyed listening. But yeah, it was, I can't stop smiling. It was just so much fun, wasn't it? No, you made the comment that as soon as we'd finished that interview, you were actually hurting from smiling all that much, (laughs) which is a wonderful thing to be experiencing a slight bit of pain from. If you're smiling too much, then, you know, I don't think, I don't think there is a point where you can smile too much, is there? If we're being truthful. My cheeks do ache a bit, so... Um, but I just thinking about the interview, I just can't stop smiling because it was just so much fun. So yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. good pain. Yeah. 
certainly <laughs> certainly it, um, it was awesome wasn't it, it like yeah it, it's just a pinch yourself moment when you're thinking right we're interviewing these people we've interviewed you know since i've come onto the podcast you know we've been lucky to interview together some wonderful people it's just mm. one of those we just go i can't believe i'm doing this like i can't believe i'm yeah. i'm on a podcast interviewing some wonderful people and it's been a lot of fun uh so i like to make the point of, of thanking you quite a lot and you're probably getting sick and tired of listening to me thank you but it's like it's one of those things where it's like it's a privilege to interview these people and it's yeah. interviews like that that show that I think mm. yeah no absolutely and like I said it's it's really good to have you on board and I'm glad we've been able to do these interviews uh, this far together but yeah just so brilliant to talk to Maitland um I love the way that I thought we should mention the way that she actually we came in contact because it was just I, I love it and I won't stop telling this story to people but brilliant isn't it it, yeah the, the world must know the world must know how this happened yeah so I messaged her back in like May asking her if she wanted to come on the podcast and obviously she's got quite a big following so I wouldn't expect her to be scrolling through all her requests and, and find my message but she put out a um the other day she put on her story like a question box to ask us some questions do a bit of a Q&A and I posted from the podcast account saying um fancy coming on the podcast with an emoji or something like that and then she responded to my message saying, just saw your uh, comment on the Q&A and had a little stalk. And yeah, I'd love to come on the podcast. And I was like, what? <laughs> it's just so, so unexpected, wasn't it? It was so unexpected because yeah. it's like, because we've, we've, you know, if we break the fourth wall a little bit, we have like a list of people who we've asked. And it's like, you know, we get a list and we formulate it and we try and book times in. Maitland mm. Brown was never like in the picture because as you say, you tried and it wasn't quite successful the first mm. time round, but to get like a surprise like that was amazing really yeah um and when you when the interview comes out as good as it did because obviously you're never sure with interviewees how they're going to go right um mm-hmm. that one worked out better than we ever could have could have dreamt really um yeah. and certainly um this dream that we're having about the Maitland Brown podcast is going better than your Susie Bates ones, but that's a discussion for another day. Um, but Maitland Brown, absolutely quality. Uh, and if ever we get the chance to, to speak to her again, it's one of those where it's just like, you would take it every single time. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, just such an amazing person and feeling super lucky to have been able to talk to her and hopefully I can see her down at um, Karen Rotman Oval this summer, which is going to be really fun. But anyway, that was that interview with Maitland Brown like we said hope you enjoyed listening so much fun to do but yeah that is all for this week next week like usual we will be joined by another guest but in the meantime you can follow us on Instagram Twitter or TikTok at how's that TCP or you can send an email at how's that the cricket podcast at gmail.com but thanks again for listening and that is all from me this week yeah another brilliant podcast thanks again and uh, enjoy the rest of your week Set.